On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about my half year review about adding ads to the podcast. And I explain why you should be optimizing for the things that you spend the most time doing to live a more comfortable and meaningful life. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 124 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good couple of weeks since we last spoke on an episode like this. Um, It's been a weird couple of weeks for me because I can't decide as I sit here whether it's been productive or not. It's kind of been a bit of a mixed bag where some days have been nice and productive and I've woken up early and I've got done everything I need to get done. Uh, But then a few days, today included, full disclosure, I've got basically fuck all done today. They just haven't been that productive. And I think it's a couple of things. It is being back in Corby this week. So working from home where there's not that kind of separation between I work from this place and I sleep in this place. Like when your bed is next to your desk as it was for all of us during the lockdown. If you have some sort of office job, you will know that it's just that bit more difficult when you don't have that separation to stay motivated. And then on top of that, it has just been really hot this week, which is funny because two weeks ago when I sat down to record the last episode like this, I was in the office and I said the same thing. I said, oh, it's been so hot today in the office. But here in Corby, in my bedroom, I have two um, well, one like enormous double length window, which the sun shines in through from maybe midday until about 7 p.m. And it just gets warmer and warmer and warmer. And even with all of the windows open and even with a fan on, it just it's just hot. And so those two things together have meant that I haven't got that much done this week. Um, but it's all good. These weeks happen, right? You need to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. And if you're heading in the right direction, um, then that's all that matters. Uh, This has been a productive week for at least one thing, however, which is actually getting around to reaching out to podcast guests because in the moments in the afternoons where it's been too hot, where I'm not getting any kind of deep focused work done, I've just been falling back on opening up my Google Doc full of podcast guests that I want to reach out to and slowly just making my way through that list. Uh, I'll be honest, some of the names on it are very optimistic as they always are. I've got a list of 13 people who I have absolutely no chance of booking that I'm going to reach out to either tonight or tomorrow just because why not, right? It's it's like a throw enough shit and something will stick. Um, but on top of that, there are a few exciting guests that are now confirmed or in the works. So on Tuesday next week, I'm recording with Ben West. He is the author of of a book called This Book Could Save Your Life. Um, Very, very interesting guy. Very important book. I'm making my way through it right now. Um, I won't spoil the story of Ben's or what that conversation is going to be about, but that'll be out in a few weeks' time. 
I can tell already just from who Ben is as a person and what I know about his story that that's going to be an incredible episode. There is, of course, Luke Burgess still on the horizon. I've told you about him before, the author of Wanting. Uh, He talks a lot about mimetic desire. Very interesting subject. Um, I have been chatting this week to Tiago Forte, who, if you listen to podcasts like Modern Wisdom, you'll know that he is somewhat of a cult hero in certain sections of society. He is the building a second brain man. um, And he has just this week released his book called Building a Second Brain. And so I'm going to sit down next month with Tiago and talk about his uh, philosophy and his tactics when it comes to that and how you can just become a more effective human, for want of a better phrase, through his methodology that he lives by. Uh, And then David very kindly put me in touch with Adam Lane Smith on Twitter a couple of days back. He is a psychotherapist and attachment specialist who is incredible on podcasts. He is just so switched on and has lots of interesting things to say about attachment styles and why we maybe struggle to attach to other individuals. And whilst that's going to be an interesting episode to listen to, it's going to be even more interesting to record because I have a funny feeling it's going to descend into therapy very quickly. Um, But yeah, ramped up outreach, have more names that I should be able to share with you next time we do an episode like this. Um, And also, you may have realized if you were paying incredibly close attention that the guest episode that went out last week was different to the one that was scheduled to go out. So I had a chat with my friend Lewis Mockler. Uh, singer-songwriter who goes by the name of Hunter a few weeks back. And on the very same evening, I spoke with John Yates. Now, Lewis's episode was going to go out before John's. If you were very eagle-eyed or paying any attention whatsoever, you would have seen the tweet saying one thing, and then the very next day, the releases saying another. John's episode came out. Lewis's episode did not. Um, Lewis's episode should be out next week. We had a couple of edits, sorry, a couple of troubles in the edit with getting that file ready and making it work. haven't revisited it yet. We just didn't have time to get it out on the day when it was scheduled to go out. So did a quick switch. However, and this is a big statement, my chat from last week with John Yates is easily one of my top three favorite conversations that I've had for this podcast so far. I said it in the intro of last week's episode, but a topic which affects all of our lives. The fact that our society is, as John says, fractured that we are splitting at the seams when it comes to holding ourselves together and politics and society and culture and war and conflict. All of these things seem to be ripping us apart at a pace far greater than ever before. But listening to John's wider historical view of the situation and some of the causes that he has identified through his work, and then some of the reasons why it's worth being optimistic that things aren't going to just continue to descend, that we can actually look forward to a future where, where maybe we're more together. That conversation was incredible, not least because John's energy is just great. We recorded that at like 8pm at night and the energy and the focus that he had at that time in the evening was incredible. I'm not sure if he is a, a night owl and was just getting started in as much as like that's when his energy peak was or whether he is just a beast who can 
go all day and have great energy whatever it is he should definitely drop his his morning routine because whatever he has in his coffee i want he was so switched on it's a really great conversation if you haven't already listened do go back and listen to it it's episode number 123 with john yates i really enjoyed it and i hope that you did um and so one of the reasons that i have been reaching out to more podcast guests this week other than the fact that it's just been too hot to do much else is because last weekend I did my half year review. Now that sounds more fancy than it actually is because I don't really have a process for a half year review. You'll remember from episode 101 that I do now have a process for a full year review and a full year plan and goal setting for a full year. But it struck me a few days back that based on the day when I was in Dublin in December last year, building the plan for this year, it had been almost six months to the day. It was the 14th of December. So last weekend was a couple of days shy of exactly six months since I put this plan in place, since I set my goals for this year. And those goals live inside of a document that I revisit every few weeks just to kind of keep track with what I've told myself I want to achieve this year and the things I want to do. And so as we got to the six month point, I thought it worth opening up that document, looking at each of the points, trying to understand why I haven't got near to some of them yet, because I set them in such a way where they feel optimistic. They feel like a stretch, but they were always quite based in reality, right? I should be able to hit all of these goals. There's no actual barrier in my way of hitting them all other than putting in enough time and consistency and focus and so on. And so naturally I sat down and was quite self-critical in a constructive way, I think, Um, basically trying to work out what I need to do like step by step by step between now and six months from now when I'll be back doing that full year review to make sure that as many of those items on that list as possible are ticked off. And like I say, it wasn't the most profound process. There wasn't much to it. It probably took about half an hour. But I guess the summary is this. This year has been very productive in some ways, but has also, at least subjectively to me, moved incredibly quickly. Like this year has flown by so far. It feels difficult to believe that it was six months ago that I was in that hotel room in Dublin plotting plans for this year and now we're halfway through that period and maybe it's just getting older that you realize that a year isn't that long a period of time right when you remove days off and weekends and distractions and weeks like this where you don't get that much done when you really compress down the time that you have to work within a year to move towards your goals as the saying goes right what is it something like people overestimate what they can get done in a year and underestimate what they can get done in 10 I had that kind of realization when I sat down and looked at some of the goals. Um, I still think it's not beyond reason to suggest that I can hit all of the goals. And so I wrote underneath each of them, just in note form, the steps I need to take to move towards hitting each of them uh, and perhaps what is holding me back so far or what will be difficult or what I really need to focus more on. And of course, lots of them revolve around this podcast, hence telling you in the context of reaching out to guests. And so a few of the changes I've made this week lean into being able to hit the goals that I made for the podcast this year. Um, And then something quite simple, and I think everybody listening can do this. If you have goals and you know that more than anything else, 
the barrier to reaching those goals is just consistent effort. As simple as this sounds, because it is really simple, just go into your calendar now, whatever you use. I use Google Calendar. And let's say, you know, for me, for example, I need to reach out to new prospects for Pata every day and I need to reach out to podcast guests every day. Just create a recurring non-negotiable task in your calendar every single day for each of the things that you want to move towards between now and the end of the year, whether it's going for a walk, whether it's a reminder every three hours to drink some water, whether it is a, a reminder to phone one of your parents. Put it in your calendar, schedule it so that it pops up every day at the same time, and then have a rule with yourself that come what may, unless something catastrophic happens, you're going to stick to what your calendar says, right? Let's go back to the grip methodology that we spoke about six months ago now. Live by your calendar, but as well as just scheduling tasks, put in these kind of micro tasks that move you towards your goals and then just stick to them. I have done that for quite a few things this week. My weekly calendar is now scattered with small tasks that I will do when I'm told to. Uh, that will hopefully move me a lot closer towards those goals by the end of the year. Because like I say, most things that you want to get done come down to, okay, let me be less general. Most things that you want to achieve come down to either communication, which I'm not talking about right now, ironically, or consistency. And both of those to an extent are within your control. Consistency definitely is. And so setting yourself up to win is just making yourself more consistent by reminding yourself consistently to do the things that you need to do and scheduling things in a calendar, making them a repetitive task um, and having your calendar just flooded automatically every week with these recurring tasks is a really nice way to do that. Um, Speaking of the full year review, I did mine in a hotel in Dublin, as you know, um, because I was there for a gig. And I thought it would just be nice the next day after the gig to sit down and review my year there, kind of away from everything. But when I did it, there was something so nice about that hotel room and so nice about the physical detachment. I was away from everything that I consider my reality, right? I was away from the office and my friends and my family and distractions and hobbies and interests. And I was literally away from my country. I know it's only Dublin, but something about having that physical barrier where you're literally stepping outside of your life to then review from like a bird's eye view your life. I really enjoyed it. I really liked that hotel and Dublin was fucking freezing at that time of year. And that hotel room, and it's the only hotel I've ever been in that has this, had like a physical old school radiator and the desk is right next to it. And you got a view out into, uh, not Cardiff, Dublin when you're sat at the desk. And so I really enjoyed it. And so what I did this week, just after I did my six month review is I booked that hotel. So I'm going to go back on the same weekend this year to the same hotel and follow the same process and review my year and work out what went well, try to understand why things didn't go so well, look at what I achieved, look at what I didn't achieve, and then plan the goals for next year. And it feels very distant saying that right now. But actually, I know how quickly the last six months went because I just told you And so it's going to be very soon when I'm back in the hotel room looking at what I've achieved this year. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited for the second half of this year to squeeze as much out of this year as I can, because I keep coming back in my mind and I I hate to remind you of this over and over if you've been listening to this for a while, but 
forget things like the economy right now, forget things like all of the pressures that all of us face on the cost of living and all of these different fronts that are real and valid pressures. Notwithstanding those things for a minute, the life that we're living right now is something that we wanted desperately for two years, right? For two full years during lockdown, all we wanted was the ability to get on with our lives, to go and pursue our dreams, to go and chase our interests, to be with the people we want to be with, to go to the places we want to go to and to just live. And I was having this conversation with somebody recently. It's remarkable how quickly so many people appear to have forgotten the lessons that COVID taught us. Now that's another podcast in and of itself with a bunch of different tangents. But let me just say this, one of the things that all of us wanted to do when we were locked up in our homes, unable to do anything, was pursue our dreams, right? That sounds fucking cheesy, but that's what it was. We couldn't go and do the things that we wanted to do personally or professionally. And now we can. And I think it's just so important to remember that much in the same way that I always say, you know, you're, you're probably living um, the kind of life that 11 year old you always wanted to live. So when things are tough, just remember it's incredible that you're the person you are today. The same is true for all of us relative to our lockdown version of ourselves, right? We wanted to be out there to have the freedom to go and do the things we wanted to do. And now we have it. And so ignoring for a minute, all of the other pressures, which all of us are facing, we have no excuse, but to go and do what we can do because we can, because we know how quickly and easily that can be taken away. Right. And I'm not, suggesting that it's going to be but what i'm saying is we've wanted this for so long we've got it there's half of this year left this is the first kind of normal year we've had in three years we're just about 50 percent of the way through it please go and fucking do something with it and that's kind of related to the next thing i've been thinking about which is that it feels right now in a business sense certainly but even in a personal sense like there's this this I don't know whether to call it an opportunity or a question mark. Let's go with question mark. It feels like there's a question mark over everything right now. Everything feels very uncertain, but in the same breath, everything feels like it comes with a lot of opportunity in this very moment. And I mean that both from an economy point of view, because we know what can be done in a recession, which we're about to be in, like spoiler, look at the... Uh, decline of the economy month or month or month. It will be a few months time when the headlines tell us that there's been two consecutive quarters of um, lack of growth and therefore, oh my God, we're in a recession. Everyone's going to lose their shit. But right now, if you live like you're already in one, there are so many question marks and pieces of opportunity in front of us for everything. Um, and so I'm trying to almost live life as if we're already in that recession because we kind of are just not technically yet um and ask questions that are a little bit what is it that vanessa the author of the performance curve called them or laura sorry she said paradoxical thinking so asking yourself how can you achieve a and b without compromising one or the other and i feel like in a moment like this where everything costs more where everything's a bit more difficult where everything's a bit more uncertain Pushing paradoxical thinking to ask yourself how you can achieve two seemingly paradoxical goals at the same time is really interesting. And so, for example, and this is in no way set in stone, this is literally just an idea that I've began exploring this week. Do we, as a business, given the percentage of us who work remotely, I mean, I'm literally in Corby right now, Alex is in 
Hatfield, Sarah often works from home, Richard can work from home, like you get the point right. Do we need a big, massive office in the Welsh Valleys? Do we need that? Could we have a big fuck off house in the center of Cardiff and take an entire open plan floor of that house and use it to all intents and purposes as an office like what we currently have in a nicer setting in the middle of a capital city with our home, quote unquote, right next door and not have to drive there for 20 minutes in the morning and be able to walk out of the front door in the evening and be in a city centre immediately and actually get both of the benefits. And again, it's a, it's a niche example, I know, but it's the one that I've been really ruminating on this week. Is there ways to get more in an economy and in a situation where everybody's going to be telling you that you need less? Is there a way to almost look outside of the obvious and find ways to do things that will benefit you long-term, even if you don't have a business. I appreciate that most people that listen to this don't have a business. I just mean generally, right? There are so many things that we accept as fact and they're just part of our lives. And it's only every, well, let's say once every eight to 10 years that an economic event like the one we're about to go through comes along and forces you to question these things. And sometimes questioning things is negative because it's framed in such a way where you're having to make decisions but if you are lucky enough to do so grabbing hold of those decisions in such a way where you turn it into something quite proactive and improve your life not for the next six to 12 months when it's going to be incredibly challenging but for the next six to 12 years because you have the foresight to do that is interesting and i'm being very vague because i don't want to go too much into the the ideas that are swirling in my head. Certainly not right now. They're too unformed, but it's just an interesting thought. And I thought it'd be one for you to consider as well, because there's a lot of risk out there right now. But I think there's also a lot of opportunity if you look at things correctly. And then this is hopefully something you already know, because you may have heard at the beginning of this podcast, this episode here, an ad, and you may have heard it for the first time ever. So, when I was at the podcast show in London a few weeks ago, one of the big themes that I took away from it, and you can go back and listen, I think it's episode number 120, 121 maybe. One of the big themes I took away from the podcast show is that I need to treat this podcast more like a business. And I won't go over all of the, uh, the ideas that I came up with then and the thoughts that I was given because well, I managed to make a full episode out of it a few weeks ago. So go and listen to that rather than me wasting your time here. Um, but one of them was monetization, right? Whether that's Patreon, which I spoke about, whether that's sponsorships, brand deals, which when this podcast reaches a certain level, I will absolutely be doing, or whether it's just simple ads, like the one that you may have heard at the beginning of this podcast. Um, I spoke to Sam from Acast, a good friend of mine. Acast is a platform I use to host this podcast. Uh, and he was like, look, just turn on the ads, right? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain in a sense. Just turn them on, just get familiar with the systems. And I did. And it's weird because, I mean, on the one hand, it's great because every time someone downloads and presses play on an episode of this now, like what has been done tens of thousands of times in the past when I didn't make money from it, I make like half a pence or 1p or something, right? But that over the years, especially as the growth of this podcast continues to compound, helps offset the cost that I pour into this, right? It helps it make it less of a money drain. It helps it 
become more self-sustaining and something that can go for longer and get better and the production quality can improve and all of these things. So that's the good side. But then I tweeted this the other day. I said, the attention economy is a funny thing because I've produced 124 episodes of this podcast and probably invested 500 plus hours since 2019 and have literally poured thousands into equipment and software and subscriptions. And yet, asking somebody to listen to a 30 second ad still feels a bit icky. And that's almost my confliction with all of this. Um, The ads are here to stay. Sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I take it back. But the ads are here to stay. And the fact that I said sorry for that shows my mindset, right? It still feels a bit weird. Even though this is listened to literally tens of thousands of times a year, it still feels weird to be like, okay, but in return for the dozens and dozens and dozens of hours that I pour into this each year, please listen to a 30 second advert. And I'm going to get used to it. And it will become normal for me and for you. And it will make the podcast more self-sustaining. But this is all just to say that this is the first episode that many of you will hear ads on. And I'm still getting used to it. Although I do need to test something. So I'm going to try and test it right now. Um, Acast automatically puts ads at the beginning and the end of an episode. But if you want an ad in the middle, you need to tell it where to put it. And I haven't done that for any episode yet. So I haven't heard an ad in the middle. So as if by magic, in a second, in theory, you're going to hear an ad. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now, if that worked, that's magic. If it didn't, that's awkward. Um, but hello, if you listen to it, thanks. If it didn't work, awkward. Um, but yeah, basically ads on the podcast helps make it more sustainable. Um, but it's a little bit of a mental battle that I'm going through right now to make it feel normal to me that it's okay to monetize the many people who listen to this and get lots from it. <laughs> Which is quite funny actually, because if you listen to the last like 10 episodes, everything from being like, oh my God, I, I'm a podcaster now. I have a podcast where people ask me for advice through to being like, is it okay for me to make a few pence when someone listens to this? Like so much of the mental battle that I'm going through right now is entirely irrational. And I just need to get through this moment where I'm like, yes, I am a podcaster and yes, I should look at this like a business and yes, it's okay to make money from this. And none of that affects everything that has so far been built. That's all okay. That's the mental battle I'm going through. But anyway, more on that in future weeks, I'm sure. Um, the last thing I want to talk about this week, and this is really interesting, if I'm allowed to say that, is the idea of trying to optimize your life for the things that you spend the most time doing, because that is your life. And so what I mean by this is that over the last few weeks, from, I don't know, buying a Brita filter to buying some Uber trainers, even though I think they're bloody overpriced and a little bit ugly, but because they're comfortable to uh, looking at different mattresses because I sleep a lot. I've been trying to pour more attention and more consideration and even more money into improving areas of my life where I spend the most time, even if I don't realize it, right? Because if I look at the things that I have traditionally spent money on, like the handful of watches I have, I never fucking wear any of them. I literally just wear my Apple watch 90% of the time. Or like the, even though I only have three pairs of trainers, right? Other than the Allbirds, I have two pairs of Yeezys and a pair of Jordans. One of the pairs of Yeezys has been in my boot for about three months. Never wear it. The Jordans never fucking wear them. These things that I have traditionally spent money on, even though I'm quite minimalist in my spending habits, they don't really improve my life. And recently I've been looking at how can I improve the lived experience of my life by... I guess, reallocating money and resources towards things that make those mundane, those boring, but those incredibly time intensive things more enjoyable, right? So I spend a lot of time at my desk, whether it's in the office in Wales or here in Corby. I spend, as all of us do, a lot of time in bed. I enjoy walking and going for long walks. I spend more time than I'd ever wish to in my car. Now, none of these things are exciting, right? I just described being at work, sleeping, walking, and driving. Four things that literally everybody does. But four things, if you add up the time you do it for, we all probably spend a combined, I don't know, 10 waking hours walking, driving, and working. And hopefully, if you're getting enough sleep, another eight hours sleeping. So for 18-ish hours of the day, we're all doing things that we never really pay much attention to when it comes to like, how am I enjoying this experience? How are these 18 of the 24 hours that I have on this planet each day being spent? Like, is this optimal? Does this feel nice? Am I comfortable? Am I content? Am I happy? Is this good for me? 
And so if you look at all of those things that you would normally ignore as just part of the cycle of each day and ask yourself, how can I improve the quality of these things because I spend so much time on them? I think that's a really interesting way to base decisions because, and you've heard me speak about this before, right? People will book a holiday in the summer and they'll be like, yep, it'll be those two weeks in Ibiza. That's what will make me happy. Or they'll want a crazy new expensive possession and they'll save up for it. And by the way, do what the fuck you want with your money. This isn't me lecturing your money. Do what you want. However, they'll save up for it and they'll buy it and they'll be like, yep, when I buy that, when I get that thing, that will make me happy. And then if we go a layer deeper, people think rightly or wrongly, I'm in no position to comment whether this is right or wrong, but people think rightly or wrongly that it's when they get into that relationship that's when their life will be happy, right? That's when everything will be comfortable or when they move into their house or whatever it might be. Like I could go on forever with these examples, but all of those moments, as we know from hedonic adaptation, so I won't bore you with this again, are fleeting. And the subjective measurable level of happiness that you get from a significant positive or negative change in life returns very quickly to baseline. And I remember a study that I heard about uh, where I believe somebody followed the subjective measured happiness of people who were in serious accidents and lost limbs, right? And so they took the level of happiness just after the accident. And obviously these people were measurably less happy. And then I think four months later, their level of happiness returned to baseline. So what I'm trying to say here is that big positive events and even big negative events don't actually really change the the texture of our lives. They don't change how we feel moment by moment, day by day. They don't make days better. And if they do, it's for a very short period of time. But what you're doing for every single waking hour of the day, whether it's driving or walking or working or sitting and watching TV or having a conversation or doing your hobby or whatever it is, these are the things that make life. This is life, right? Your holiday isn't life. It's a distraction from it. That new possession isn't life. It's a distraction from it. But when those distractions fade away and you're left with your day by day by day life, how can you make that more enjoyable? How can you make that more comfortable? How can you make that, dare I say, feel a little bit more like you're living rather than just going through the motions? And I do not have all the answers here. I, I say that every fucking week, don't I? I'm like, here's a thought and I don't know the answer. But this is something that I'm leaning quite heavily into right now. The majority of each of our days is spent doing things that we don't question, that we just assume it's this way, so that's fine. And I'm not talking about making really fundamental, deep changes to your life here. I'm talking about, I mean, look at the example. Like I, I walk a lot and I go to gigs a lot and I don't really like wearing all the designer trainers I have and they're not very comfortable. Why not just buy a pair of comfortable trainers, right? Or I don't really like a bunch of pillows when I'm sleeping. And I often find that I wake up in the middle of the night at 3am to like move all the pillows because they're not very comfortable. So why not just buy like one very slender memory foam pillow? Or I'm often drinking tap water in Corby where it's quite like hard and it tastes a bit funny, but I need to drink enough water. So why not spend 10 pounds on a filter? Like these seem so silly when you say them out loud, but these kind of small incrementally improving purchases are the things 
that make 18 of the 24 hours of your day slightly better. And maybe this is all to say, this is a a tangent. Maybe that's what self-improvement is. Maybe self-improvement isn't the the six-pack or the being able to recite philosophy quotes. Maybe it's just being a bit happier and being a bit more comfortable by living slightly more consciously through the choices you make and being a bit more intentional with how you spend your time. So there's a thought. And I think that's it, to be honest. July is going to be a busy month. You've had a heads up of some of the guests that will be recorded in July. Um, So there's lots going on there. I've also got Ed Sheeran in Wembley on the 1st of July with Chloe. Very excited for that. Yes, I know. I've seen Ed Sheeran a lot recently. Uh, This Wembley gig actually will be my 10th Ed Sheeran gig in about four years. Um, So that'll be fun. Also going to go and see Lewis Capaldi at Cardiff Castle at some point in July. I forget the date. Uh, going to go to an event put on by the British Podcast Awards at some point in July, uh, which is all about podcast growth. And they basically just pull together a day-long lineup of uh, people who understand very particular elements of growing a podcast, brought them all together for a day, for a day of learning. So that'll be fun. Uh, Horton's Summer Party is next month. You might remember that from last year. Adam Horton runs the business Horton's. Uh, their summer party last year was incredible. I'm hoping it'll be the same this year. That is at some point in July. So going to that, um, and then lots of podcast guest recordings as well. So July is going to be busy, but as I said at the beginning of this episode, I've got lots that I want to achieve in the next six months personally and professionally and for this podcast. And so busy is good and I'm excited. And that is all I have this week. So thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 125 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.